This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God, we have been, or I've been ministering on keys to an excellent spirit. Amen. And, you know, like I've been saying at the beginning of each of my services, um, that I want the best that God has for me. Amen? Amen. Jesus said that, you know, he came to give us what? Life and to give us life more abundantly. And I want to walk in the abundance of life. Amen. I want the abundance of health. Glory to God. How many people want to just walk in divine health out here? Hey, that's, is that all of you? Amen. And uh, uh, how about wealth? Is wealth a bad thing? No. No, it's not bad. Not if your heart's right. <laughs> if your heart's right, wealth is, can be a very good thing because you can help build the kingdom of God up. Amen? And so wealth is a good thing. You don't have to, being a Christian, you don't have to take a vow of poverty. Amen? I've taken a vow of prosperity myself. Amen? And so you can too because the Bible says actually that God is pleased when we prosper. So he wants you prospering. Amen. And so and then, you know, we want to have prosperous relationships. I don't want to always be fighting and arguing. I want peace in my relationships. Amen. And so I think that's the keys to life. And and so we're we're talking about um, this morning about keys to an excellent spirit. And we've been looking at the book of Daniel and we, we we see that Daniel and his three friends, uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they walked in excellence, and they had a favor, they were promoted, they were blessed, even in, you know, under a system that was ungodly. And I'm going to say this, you know, we are living in the world, we're not in heaven, and so it's an ungodly system out here, but you can prosper even in an ungodly system. God can give you grace. He can open doors. He can give you favor. Do you believe that today? Amen. And so God is so awesome. And, and, um, and so we, we need to, you know, look at some of these keys. And I'm just going to, now this is my last key for the month. So I'm going to revamp what I preached on. Just, just give you a little bit. And the number one key, anybody remember the number one key? Honor. Honor. Somebody give her a prize. Amen. The rest of you were sleeping on that service. Amen. No. But honor. Honor. So honor is to, you know, I, I look at honor in two ways. Okay. Uh, and I, I will define it in two ways. Uh, honor is to, to hold high esteem for, for a, a person or a place really to hold a high esteem for God. And number two, uh, honor is to operate in high moral integrity. And so one, we want to honor God and honor others, but we also want to walk in honor. Amen. And so when we're doing that, when we're honoring others and we're uh, walking in honor or integrity, Peter actually says to partake of, you know, this, you know, this supernatural life. He talks about partaking of this supernatural life. He says you have to add to your faith. And one of the things he says you have to add to your faith is moral excellence. Amen. Boy, it's going over like a lead balloon this morning. It's totally silent in here. In other words, that we're that we have excellence in our morals. In other words, that we we, we don't lie, cheat and steal. It's, do I got Christians in the house today? I'm not hearing too many amens in here. Or I'm preaching to a bunch of heathens, amen? No, we don't lie, cheat, and steal, amen? We don't do those things. Amen. Yeah, and you know, don't make excuses for sin, amen. amen? We don't do those things because God gives us the power. He gives us the grace to walk in godliness. Do you believe that? His grace empowers us to walk with Him. Amen. In other words, you will never be happy walking in sin if you're a Christian. You'll be miserable. And you will not prosper walking in known sin. Amen. You want to renounce sin in your life. You want to renounce the things that you love that goes against God. Pastor, are you saying that people love some of their sin? 
Uh, we won't go there, but you want to you you renounce those things Amen. that bring us worldly pleasure, but can bring us a lifetime of agony. Can I get an amen? amen? And so it's here, honor. Uh, we talked about 1 Samuel 2.30, and Eli uh, was a priest uh, that served under God, and his family was supposed to be really blessed, but then he had some children, and they were not honorable children, and they didn't really do what was right in the temple, and they actually died because of their sin, and they were really evil kids, and he didn't discipline them. And I want to say, parents, sometimes you just got to discipline your kids. Amen. I know. So, thank you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you have to add the what, rod of correction to the seed of higher learning. Amen. Amen. Why? Because the Bible says if you do discipline your children, that 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 um, they they, you know, it will give them a sense of knowing that God is a just God and it may bring them in a place where they won't go wayward. Amen? Amen. And so I'm so glad that my, my dad was a man of his word. When he said he was going to beat me, he did. Amen. And he didn't beat me too often. I'm not beat, but you know, spank would be a better word. Okay. I, you know, spank. And, uh, but you know what? I learned to listen. Amen. I learned to walk straight. Yes. And you know, I, I had a reverential fear of my dad. There you go. Yeah. Amen. That works. And you know, it has translated to my God. Thank you, Lord. And I'm telling you, if you want to walk in some, some uh, blessings of God, just get a reverential fear of God. Amen. I mean, sometimes we need to be, you know, I know the Bible, Liz, I know the devils tremble. The Bible says the devil, but sometimes we need to tremble when we hear the word of God and, and, and we're in an area where we need to fix. Amen. It should cause us to tremble. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that why people in the world, why they don't serve God, because they have no fear of God. Amen. That's true. Amen. They have no reverential fear. And so here it says here that Eli, so Eli wasn't disciplined in his children. And so it says here in 1 Samuel 2.30, he says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, and this is a prophet speaking to him, I said indeed that you, your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. God had set that up, but now the Lord says, for far, uh, far be it from, uh, from me, for those who honor... So God was like, you know, retracting the blessing. Amen. Far, for, uh, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And I said, wow, this guy was a priest. And God said, those that despise me. And so how do we, can we as Christians despise the Lord? That's a question. Can we actually, you know, how can we despise? The, well, we can despise his word. We, we can go against his word. We, okay, it's going over big today. So we don't want to be in that place of despising God or his word. Amen. 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 Uh, you know, the promise of honor, there's always a promise to God's word. And I love his promises, but they're always connect. A lot of his promises, most of his promises are connected to obedience. Amen. Did you know that? It just doesn't happen. Amen. And so here it says here uh, in Proverbs 22, 4, and it's all over the Bible when you walk under God in obedience. Um, it says here in Proverbs 22, verse 4. Have you found it yet? Amen. It says here, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Think about that. It says here, it says the humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, and so I like the promises of God. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to give you three keys to honor. And, and, and one of these keys, and I didn't hit on, but since we do have some teens in here, it might be good. Um, one of the keys is that, that how you honor your parents is in direct correlation on how you honor God. Amen. 
If you don't honor your parents, you're not honoring God. Amen. For all the parents, say amen. Amen. And so really, and this is interesting because some people say, well, we're not under the law. That's the Ten Commandments. No, we are under the law. Amen. The law of love. And in the law of love, uh, actually, it's not just in the Ten Commandments. Uh, the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, says it this way. He brings back the law. We're not under the law. Listen, Jesus never did away with the law. Amen. He fulfilled the law. Amen. We're not under the law. Of, you know, we're not under the law of, of, you know, as it says in Romans 8, we're under the law of life in Christ. Jesus, not the law of sin and death. Amen. But there is a, a law that we need to walk under Amen. called the law of love. And if you don't know how to walk under that, look at the Ten Commandments. Amen. Okay, it's going big today. And so we need to honor our parents. And this is a key. It says here, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So so teens, you know, they brought you in. They can take you out. Right. No, but God, you, you want to be able to live long on the earth. You know, I as I was thinking about this, because. Amen. As I think about this, you know, you know, some would say, well, what if you have ungodly parents? Pastor, you're not meaning for me to honor my ungodly parents. You honor them as far as you can. Not their ungodliness, but you can still honor them. Joyce Meyer, you know, her, her father molested, raped her over and over again. And, and God delivered, you know, set her free from the from the from the pain of that and from from the, you know, uh, you know, the the bitterness of that. And then, you know what? She, you know, in in his latter years, she bought him a house and took care of him. Amen. What? Why? He did such evil against her because she was honoring him, not for who he was because of God. You honor people because of God. Because God honored us by sending his son, Jesus. And then number two, we honor civil authorities. Romans 13, 1 and 7. We honor civil authorities. Wear your seatbelt when you drive. Amen. That's for me. Okay. (laughs) That's enough on that. And number three, honor spiritual and natural leaders. First Timothy five seventeen, it says that the preachers. Now you know. Can I? Yeah, I, you know. It, it says in the word, the preachers are worthy of double honor. Amen. Okay, we'll go on. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. <laughs> and so, and so, honor. Why? Because us preachers are watching over your soul to keep you in place so you can walk in the best that God has for you. Amen. To keep that devil off of you. You, you know, I pray for you guys constantly. You, I'm praying all the time for you Thank guys. You, you, Amen. You, Hallelujah. I'm praying those Ephesian prayers over you guys. You guys are growing in God. Amen. Hallelujah. You got a pastor praying. I'm pulling some of you guys out by name and praying. God help these people. <laughs> Amen. Number two. <laughs> you know, if you guys are walking in love and obedience and, uh, and doing all the things that the Bible says that you're supposed to be doing, I'm going to be the happiest pastor in the world. I'm kind of praying for you out of selfishness. I'm t- can I give up? <laughs> Can I be honest? I want you guys walking in love. I want you guys to be givers and, you know. (laughs) All right. So, but the pastor is supposed to pray for you anyway. Key number two, faithfulness. Faithfulness is key number two to walking in an excellent spirit. Faithfulness is being consistent on our duties or what I mentioned in my, in my sermon a couple weeks back, faithfulness is being predictable in a good way. Amen. That you're predictable. That, that, that you are uh, somebody that can be counted on. Amen. You show up. Thank you, 
Like I always say, you beat 90% of the Christians if you just show up on Sunday morning. Just show up, you know? And that's being faithful. We just need to be faithful. God's looking for faithfulness. Uh, Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man will, Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will abound in blessings. And I said, you can take the opposite, a unfaithful man will abound in, and you can finish that. Amen. So we want to be faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, be faithful. Luke 16, 10 is a great scripture. And it's really, I I think it's a bedrock scripture here of of faithfulness. And it says he, uh, Luke 16, verse 10, it says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust in much. You can boil that down to saying that don't despise small beginnings. Everything starts off small normally. Don't despise where you're at. Don't despise it, but be faithful. I'm preaching to myself today. Be faithful. Are you here? Be faithful for what God has given you. Be faithful. Most people give up way too easy. They throw in a towel way too quick. But be faithful, and God will add to you. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for that. Amen, brother. Love you, brother. Amen. And so we need to be faithful. You know, the Bible says when Jesus comes back, will he find faithfulness in the earth? Will he find people that are serving him, you know, and, 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 you know, sacrificing for him and, and not just about themselves, but they're about the Lord and his work. Will he find faithfulness on the earth? He will find it in this church. Glory to God. I'm looking at faithful people this morning. Glory to God. Amen. Call on those things that be not so they... No, I'm kidding. Faithful. Call those things that be not so they were, right? Faithful. You guys are faithful. Amen. Glory to God. More faithful than most... Man, you know, our church is small. You know, we got a small church. But, you know, I, I, I know, like my brother attends a church that's... That's a lot larger, you know, but we have such faithful servants here. Our ushers and our teachers, they, they have a hard time with their size getting faithful people. Yeah, can I give you an example of, of faithfulness? And this is really, I'm, I'm going to one of my keys. One of the ushers here um, uh, was going out of town last Sunday. And but but they they were preparing to go out of town, but they just felt that they needed to come in and help set up. Faithful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sam St. Lou. Let's, a shout out for Sam St. Lou. Faithful. Faithful. People are making excuses not to show up at church. He's, he's not even taking an excuse. He's coming out, setting up, busting it out, and then going on a plane. Faithful. Hallelujah. That man is faithful. You guys are faithful. I mean, and my brother told me that this, you know, because my brother John, he's faithful too. And he was telling me, oh, man, everything worked out so easy last week. I said, that's the way it needs to be. Easy. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Amen. Amen. And so we see that. So faithfulness. Number three key. And this is gratitude. My time is getting gratitude. Amen. Gratitude. What is gratitude? It's an attitude of thanksgiving in everything we encounter. Yes. It's an attitude of thanksgiving. We need to keep that. How do you know if you're walking in gratitude? What's the big key of knowing? Well, this is how you know that you're not walking in gratitude. Are you complaining? Are you griping? Are you murmuring? Then there's no thankfulness there. The key to thankfulness is always the root of humility. Humility always is the key of thankfulness. And so when we are humble and we know that God is awesome and that we may not be in a place where we want to be, but we know that God can get us in that place. We are thankful. We stay thankful. 
Again, the bedrock scripture for this is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. It says, Rejoice always. Rejoice always? Rejoice always. Even when I got a headache, rejoice always. This morning I don't have one. Praise God. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So, so, so what will this, how will this impact us? You will get answered prayer with thanksgiving. Amen. It says it here in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. You should always add thanksgiving into your prayers. Amen. Amen. And when you start thanking God, not listen, start thanking God that the promises are true, even though they don't look true for you. Amen. You see, because because circumstances will tell you these promises aren't true. Amen. But they are true. I know one person that was going through financial problems. And he was being tested in his faith. He never dealt with any. He had, he had companies and all this. And he had a word. For, I, I love God when he warns me about stuff. Amen. See, I'm going to say this. The devil can never get over on a Christian that listens to God. Amen. But the devil will try to test us. And will try to strip us of, of our faith. And this man went through financial difficulties for five years. But he would, he would just say, he would just thank God that he was blessed anyway. And he just kept thanking God he was blessed. And kept praising God he was blessed. That was Norval Hayes. And he kept thanking God he was blessed. Matter of fact, Norval Hayes' daughter, uh, he, he actually, when he committed his life to serving God, his wife left him. Wow. Can somebody say, wow? His wife left him because he's, he's serving God. She didn't know that he was going to be doubly prosperous. He ended up, God ended up making him wealthy way beyond. He was working a corporate job, making a lot of money. But she thought that he was going to be taking a vow of poverty. And then, you know, she got married. She was in California. She had a kid. She called him up. She says, I want to get married. I want to get back with you. And he said, forget about it. He said, you're married. You, she saw his lifestyle. She saw how God blessed his socks off. He said, I want that. I want some of that wealth. You left him high and dry, baby. He said, forget about it. And then guess what God did? Gave him a younger, gave him a younger woman. God will bless your socks off. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And this younger woman, you know, ended up receiving the blessings he's walking in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? God is awesome. (laughs) So I don't know what that was all about. But anyway, he had, that's right now I remember. He had a daughter. I think she was 14 or 15. I'm not too sure her age, maybe 13. And uh, he, she, she got a bad case of warts all over hands. And uh, these warts were really bad. And so, so he was going around preaching and all that. And he was, pray, he, was, he was praying. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, why aren't you going to do something about your daughter's hands? And he said, what? He said, why aren't you going to do something about it? He said, what, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, you need to stand in faith for her healing. Amen. In other words, parents, you have responsibilities. Amen. When your children aren't, aren't you know, doing right, you want, or, or there are sickness attacks them, you can stand in faith for your kids. Amen. And so he, so he got the clue and he started praying. And really, he started praising God that she that she is healed by Jesus stripes and he put it in the now and started thanking God. Oh, thank you, Lord, that that uh, my daughter's healed. And he would say it. He would praise every day, worship the Lord, thanking God. And then, uh, you know, she would come in. She would hear him praising. He was on his knees. And then she would she would say, Dad, he said, what? He said, she said, I'm not healed. Look, you keep thanking God that I am, but I'm not. She keeps showing her hands. And, and then he would just turn around and say, thank you, Lord, she's healed, you know. Amen. And one day she came in from school, went upstairs, and all of a sudden he heard a scream. 
And, and so I don't know if he ran up or she ran, came downstairs. I think he ran upstairs to see what was the problem. And she said, Dad, look at my hands. And he looked at them and they looked like they were brand new hands. Not one wart on it. You can thank your way into the promises of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And that's what we need to start doing is praising God. Amen. Let me just read you this real quickly. Amen. Uh, uh, the, the, The science of gratitude. Even the world is beginning to understand how powerful gratitude is. It says here, if you need one more reason to be thankful, here it is. More and more researchers are finding that gratitude doesn't make you feel like a... um, That gratitude doesn't just make you feel like a better person, it's actually good for your health. Clinical trials indicate that the practice of gratitude can have dramatic and lasting effects in a person's life. Says Robert A. Edmonds, professor of psychology at UC Davis. It can lower blood pressure, improve immune function, and facilitate more efficient sleep. You know, sleep is one of the bedrocks of good health. Amen. One recent study from the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine, found that people who were more grateful actually had better heart health, specifically less inflammation and healthier heart rhythms. They showed a better well-being, a less depressed mood, and less fatigue, and they slept better, said the study of the author of Paul J. Mills. When I am more grateful, I feel more connected with myself and with my environment. That's the opposite of what stress does. Another study found that gratitude can boost your immune system. How many people want to walk healthier? Amen. Amen. Research at the University of Utah and Kentucky observed that stress uh, out low students who, char- who characterize themselves as optimistic actually had more disease-fighting cells in their bodies. So this is the key. I didn't hit on this last week, but some of you need to, and this is a key to successful people. I've been reading that they get up every morning and write five things that they're grateful for. And I want to encourage you to do that. Start, get a journal and write five things that you are grateful for when you get up in the morning. Amen. And so when you do that, there's, there's something positive about focusing on what you are thankful for. And of course, one minister said, the more you expand this ability to be thankful, the more you'll be able to receive good things from God. Amen. So this is my fourth key is, and this is my final key is, is uh, the, the word would be exceptional. God wants us to be exceptional in all that we do. The first uh, definition of exceptional is surpassing what is common or usual or expect. God doesn't want us to be average. He wants us to be above average. Another definition is going beyond the average or normal. Being exceptional is a grace that God endows people with. And it's also an attitude that successful people walk in. So, so, so God can, in other words, whatever you do in this life, whatever your occupation is, when we're walking under God, God wants to enhance what we do and make us stand out. He wants, he wants to bless us, and in any field that we're in, we should be the top of any field that we're... Amen. Can I get an amen in this crowd today? He, and he will put his grace on us, and where are you getting this, Pastor, from Daniel? Because it says here, when, 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 when Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, when they got into, you know, they were being trained to be in the king's, to be the king's advisors. They were being trained for three years. But they made, they said that they weren't going to drink the wine or eat the meats. They weren't going to partake of the king's food. But they, but they did their dietary laws according to their customs, which means they were honoring God. In other words, they weren't partaking of what the world partakes of. In other words, you know, it's like us Christians. Sometimes as us Christians, if we want to walk higher, we may not want to watch the rated R movies. Amen. 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 Because it's a diet. We may may need to be very careful what's coming into our eye gates and our ear gates. We might need to eliminate some of this stuff. That's why I have this app called VidAngel. I can remove all the cussing. I can remove all the sexual scenes. I can remove all that. And then we have no movie. No, I'm kidding. But that's true. Somebody said, not really. (laughs) Do you know? 
<laughs> That's true, Pastor. Then you got nothing going on in that movie. You might as well be a monk. You know, listen. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Listen, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Amen. And somebody say, Why, Pastor? That means I'm going to go to hell. You might. <laughs> now, what I mean by that is, I believe that's what, what he's saying is, it can be a double reference, of course. I, I believe there's double references on, on meanings. I believe without holiness, we won't see the Lord's goodness. We won't see the Lord's mercy in our life. We won't see how big and how great God is. In other words, God can make just the simplest things awesome. But when we're trying to get and feed our flesh, then there's a simple a bird flying in there. It's like somebody kill that bird. You know what I'm saying? You know, where, where you could be sitting, I, one time I was sitting in a car and I was worshiping the Lord. I saw this bird fly, you know, land on a tree or no, land on the, on the grass and started eating a worm. And I thought, wow, that's so beautiful. Amen. And just something that simple. God would just illustrate. See, that's how, you know, you know, I take care of the birds. I can take care of you. And, and then God just reveals his love to you. And, and, and so when we're walking in purity, amen, and holiness, we will see the goodness of God. When we're not walking in that, we, we get cynical, Amen. depressed. We start thinking judgments on, on right on the road. Amen. We start walking in that, but we're not supposed to be walking in that. Amen. And so when we walk in purity, we're going to see the goodness. Can I get an amen in this place today? Amen. amen. So being uh, exceptional. Uh, so Daniel, it says here, Daniel 117 says, as of, and, and because, see, they, 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 were, they were partaking of these keys. They, they, were, they were honorable. They honored God. Amen. They were faithful in doing, you know, what they needed to do towards God and towards the king because they asked permission to eat the right things. They were honorable to, to, to the people that were over them. And, you know, uh, they had a good attitude. They had a good attitude. They, they, I believe they were thankful. We know that because, because Daniel was thanking God three times a day. So we know that they were thankful. That was part of what they were. And because of that, it says here that uh, as these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And then it says in Daniel 1, 19, 20, it says, Then the king interviewed them, and among them, all not, uh, among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was their real names. Therefore they served before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them. And he found them, get this, ten times better than the magicians and the astrologers who were in all his realm. And so listen, I'm telling you, with God, praise God, you can be ten times better than what the world is trying to do. In other words, you're supposed to stand out. God will give you the grace to stand out as we're walking in these keys. Amen. And when we start standing out, promotion is on the way. Increase is on the way. Blessings is on the way. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so, so what is this? What's extraordinary? Walking in, in an extraordinary way. Uh, I like to define it as, as this. Going the extra mile. What, Pastor? I'm talking about not just doing, just, oh, I got the job done. No, I'm talking about doing a little bit more. What's the difference between average and excellent? Doing a little bit more. That's the difference between average, it's not doing a lot more, it's just doing a little bit more. That moves you from an average person to an excellent person. Can I get an amen here? Matthew 5, 38 and 42 says it this way. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye... And a tooth for a tooth, this is Jesus. But I tell you not to resist the evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let them have your cloak also. Only if you got it from the thrift store. No, I'm kidding. And not if you bought it from Macy's, then you slap the fool out of them and get it back. No. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Amen. 
And so, so here, now I know, you know, these are principles here. And it really, even in the principles that Jesus gives, you always have to be led by the Holy Spirit. So even in these principles, somebody asks you, and if these people you know are going to be spending it on drugs and all that, and you know it's not good, and you're ab- enabling people, then you, these are general uh, uh, foundational uh, teachings, but the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit will, will, will trump just the general teaching. God will lead you in who to give to and who not to give to. Yeah. So you just can't take a blanket and say, well, I've got to give to everybody. The guy's walking into the, you know, to, to the alcohol store. Can I get $20 to buy a bottle of Mad Dog 2020? Whatever that is. But anyway. Um, <laughs> you want to buy a pet from the pet store? No, I'm kidding. But, um, but, but you don't do that. You got to be led by the Spirit. There's general principles of God's Word. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? See, this is the way the devil will beat you up. The devil will say, well, see, the Bible says you're supposed to give. Well, only if you're being led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Yes. Because you're not, you're not even supposed to preach to everybody. Pastor, that's over sacrilegious. No, you could be throwing your pearls before swine. Amen. It may not be the right timing. Right. It may be the wrong place. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, I'm getting smart in here. Matthew 5.43 says this way. Uh, um, talk about going to the XMR. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. So we hear going the extra mile is when somebody curses you, you bless them. Amen. Amen. When somebody, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, when they when they do when they curse you, you don't just bless them; you do good to them. You also pray for them. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, I don't know if this is set in order. I would think you'd have to pray. Well, maybe you need to pray for them first. Amen. But first, pray for yourself Amen. that you can walk in love towards them. But really, listen, when, when, when somebody's coming against you, 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 the world would say, come back against them. But listen, as a Christian, we don't do that. We don't come against people. Amen. Amen. And so we go the extra mile by doing doing the exact opposite of what the devil wants us to do, because the devil wants to get us in unforgiveness. He wants to get us in bitterness and he wants to get us in revenge. And the Bible says, leave room for God, for God will take care of the situation. Vengeance is God's. It's not for you to take revenge on people. God will take care of that. You put it in God's hands. But pastor, you don't know what they did. Put it in God's hands and let it go. Pray for them. Do right. The Bible says when you when you feed your enemies, like I was talking to one person, I said, that person, you know, you know, they they they, they they're doing wrong. And and I I said, well, maybe we should take them out to eat. And the the person was talking to me, he said, I don't think they're hungry, you know. Okay, <laughs> uh, you won that argument. <laughs> Feed those. <laughs> Don't take them out to eat when they just did you down and dirty. Amen. But really, my my mom would do this. She would she would bake a cake. You know, when you know, of course, you know, she'd put a little arsenic in there. But um, no, but she would she would do something nice if a neighbor did something bad. She would bake a cake, do something, give it to him. And the Bible says when you do that, you're heaping hot coals on their head. Amen. In other words, they'd be ashamed of what they did. That's right. Amen. And so, and so, not literal coals, which you guys probably wish. But anyway, um, you guys are loving. Amen. So listen, well, we're talking about going the extra mile. There's a story in Genesis here. And it's, it's Abraham. And Abraham here, uh, this is why the Lord loved Abraham, made a covenant with Abraham. Abraham was very benevolent. He was very giving. And it says here in, Ab- in Genesis 18, 1 through 8, uh, actually there were three people that came uh, to Abraham. One was the Lord. And um, let me read it. It says, then the Lord appeared to him. This is uh, Genesis 18, 1 through 8. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terabith trees of 
Mabra, as he was sitting in the tent door at the heat of the day. So he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I'll bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by insomuch as you have come to your servant. They said, Do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal. Kneel it, make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to the young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took the butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. And think about this. He just didn't greet them and, and say, hey, do we got any leftover bread, baby? Or, you know, do we got anything old? Do we got any leftovers? In a... No, no, this guy went over and above. I mean, he got, you know, get the best calf. Get, you know, you know, make some, some good cake. You know, get the best stuff and bring it to these people. And in the process, one of them was the Lord, was, was the Jesus incarnate. Two of them were angels. And, and, and I, I don't know at the very beginning if he knew it was the Lord. The, the writer says it was Lord. Then he said he saw three men. But he had a spirit of hospitality. He had a spirit of going beyond the average. Do you go, this is the question, do you go beyond the average? How, how do you treat strangers? Do you walk in love? Do you go beyond the natural? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so, and so one of them was the Lord, and, and the bottom line was, they gave him a word that, that he was going to have his promised child in a year. The one that was the Lord. He could have been Melchizedek, I was thinking about it, he could have been Melchizedek. Because earlier, Melchizedek was a person that, that, that he tithed to, and Melchizedek was a person that didn't have any beginning or any, you know, had no connection with anybody, but he was called the king of peace, the king of Salem. And so he may, that may have been Melchizedek that he had wine and bread with, but you know, that's just, I was just thinking about that. Amen? And so the bottom line was that God blessed him and he had a heart of doing what was right. Amen? And so we need, we need to be that type of person. You know, as I think about some of the people in the Bible, I think about Ruth. And Ruth, you know, has a whole book written on Ruth. And Ruth was a Moabitess. She wasn't even, you know, an Israelite. She was really outside the covenant of God. But she married in to the Israelite, to the family. Amen? And she married and her husband died. Her sister-in-law husband died. Her mother, Naomi, uh, lost her husband. And so they were in a bad situation. And Naomi said to both of her daughters-in-law, said, won't you go back home, go find a man, you'll be all right. And so, and so one of the daughters-in-law left, but Ruth said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stay. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to be faithful to you. Uh, your God's going to be my God. Think about this. And she would not leave Naomi. And she stayed with Naomi. And guess what? She got Boaz. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yes. Glory to God. It's like Yen. You know, when she had to make a decision. And, and she, she came out of a Buddhist culture. And her parents were saying either Buddha or Jesus. And she says, I'm taking Jesus. Amen. And then Yen said, you know, you know, she, they said, our people or their people. I'm going with Americans. You know. <laughs> Amen. Yin was willing to let go of her family. Man, where is Yin at? She's so awesome. By the way, her birthday's this week. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, God is awesome. And uh, wish her a uh, happy birthday, amen, when you see her. Glory to God. Amen. But she, she let go of, of even when she received Jesus, she, it was such a paradigm shift. She knew she had to let go of the way she thought because she had a made up God. And so it really just, you know, oh my gosh. And she changed everything she did. Amen. When you really get Jesus in your life, you're going to change what you do. Amen. When you really get Jesus. Yes. 
I was listening to this one man, and God's using him mightily, and he was in jail for murder, and God got him out in seven and a half years, and he's, and he's in a prosperous business, you know, and um, he has 60 people under him. Now he lives in a gated community. Isn't that interesting? He was already in a gated community, but we won't go there. But um, God got him out. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying today? God got him out, man. And, uh, but he said, he said the key to the blessing is, he said, he said, when I gave my life to the Lord in jail, he said, I didn't have jailhouse religion. It was true religion. He said, I put God number one in my life. I prayed. He said, I wasn't even seeking a wife. And he had a, 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 a girlfriend out when he was, when he was, he was a drug dealer and he was making all this money. Of course, he got thrown in jail. And, uh, and his, the parents hated him. And uh, she, they started, you know, they had a kid outside of uh, wedlock and she started corresponding with him. And he had such a change in his life. She wanted to marry him while he still had five years left in prison. And he said, I can't do that unless you get permission from your parents. Somebody say honor. honor. I mean, this guy was changed so much that he wasn't even, she says, you don't want to marry me? No, that's not it. I want, I want the, the respect from your parents. Amen. Amen. And so guess what? He was surprised. They gave him the okay. And now they're married. They're in ministry. They're doing well. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And so, so honor uh, and, and faithfulness, glory to God, and, and thankfulness. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, have, and walking in an extraordinary manner, well, you will see the blessings of God. Amen. You know, I think about Jesus and you think about Jesus. God is an overtop God. You know, you got to think about God and he's really, God really is more than enough. He's, he's over the top in all that he does. You know, you know I was thinking about Jesus and, and see, God will never ask us to do something he's not willing to do himself. He will never ask us to be something that he wasn't himself. In other words, God wants us to be like him. He wants us to be an over the top type person. Let me clarify it this way. With Jesus, his first miracle was changing water to wine. Amen. And in that, he, he, you know, I don't know how many people were there, but he had six huge urns of 20 to 30 gallons of water that he turned into wine. And I think that would have lasted them a long time. That was at the end of the wedding. They already drank enough wine. And so he did it over in the top. Amen. When, when, when Jesus borrowed Peter's boat to preach in maybe two or three hours, I don't know, maybe he preached all day. But Peter said, uh, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, I want you to launch out now and throw your nets out. And Peter said, oh, man, I, I preached all night last night. Nothing happened. He said, do it. And because, you know, whatever we give to God, God will always give back to us in abundance. Whatever the, the rental on that boat, uh, he gave over and above what it would cost to rent that boat that day. And Peter got a boatload of fish. And that's when Peter saw the blessing that the Lord gave him. He said, I'm a man with unclean lips. When we start seeing the blessings of God, when we give something to God, and then God starts blessing us, we start saying, whoa, man, I never thought God was like this. Man, he's a more than enough God. He's an over the top God. The Bible says he will give you abundantly above more than you can ask or think according to the power that works within you. He doesn't just want to give you just enough. He wants to give you more than enough. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We don't serve a stingy God. And he wants us to be just like him. He wants us to be good tippers. What, Pastor? What are you talking about? No, as Christians, we shouldn't be the cheapest tippers out there when we're at the restaurant. I'll give a dollar, you know. No, we should be the best tippers. We should be, yeah, I understand they don't give bad service, but the Bible still says treat them right. Amen. Amen. You, we should be the best tippers. We should be the best givers. We should be the over-the-top people. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You know, when, when Jesus had that, you know, when he was preaching, and he said, man, I've been preaching to these people, and, 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 and 5,000 people, he said, let's feed them. And then they had, you know, they only had a few loaves and bread, and he took that, the little, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he fed the whole multitude, and they, the Bible says until they were told, full. And guess what? They had seven baskets left over of food. And he said, take the scraps, put them in seven baskets. In other words, he was a good steward. 
seven baskets. Another time, he did the same thing, and they had 12 baskets left over. Amen. One person said those 12 baskets were for the disciples because they're the ones that were serving everybody. Yeah. So each disciple got a basket. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, you know, you can't out when you're serving God and you're giving your best and you're trying to go over the top. Some of us need to go over the top. The Philippian church, there were very few churches that went over the top in their giving. The Philippian church gave. Some of the other churches did not give. And it cost Paul. It cost some people. One of his, his disciples almost died because they were lacking. But the Philippian church, the Bible said, Paul said they gave uh, out of their abundance, they gave and, and really helped Paul out. And Paul said, the grace that I have is coming on you. And when we start giving, I'm telling you, man, I started practicing myself, you know. And, you know, I'm a tither and I give offerings, but I started giving extra offerings. And, I'm, and, I'm, and you know, I've been trying to give an offering each time a service is a, just an extra offering. And you know what? I've been seeing blessings. Oh, my Lord, I could tell you about a blessing. But I can't tell you because Yen's here. I bought a present for her, and it was such a wonderful blessing. And you couldn't believe it. But God is awesome. Amen. God wants to give you the best deals. Yes, God wants to open doors of favor. Amen. God wants you standing out in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. And see, that's the reason why people quit on God, because they don't see the blessings of God. They, they're, they're walking under, you know, a struggle. And the reason why they're not seeing the blessings, because they're not connecting action with their faith. You can't just confess the, the prosperity scriptures and not be a giver. You've got to connect it too. Yes. Are you hearing what I say? Faith without works is dead. And when we start connecting the two, then we'll see the blessings of God in our lives. Did you receive it this morning? Yes. Praise God. I believe you did. Let's just go in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And we just thank you that you're good. You're merciful. Loving and kind, Father. We thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing in this service. And Father, the number one thing that we need to honor you with is our lives. And perhaps you're here today and it's easy to take back your life. Even as a Christian, you can take it back and start walking in your own ways. And, you know, if you're out here and you're not serving God with all of your heart, you know there's areas in your life you need to let go of, that you got to embrace God more. Or if you've never made a, a confession of your faith in Jesus, I want to pray for you this morning. And if that's you today, and maybe you're watching on, if that's you today, and you're ready to make that move, I want you to pray this prayer after me and mean in your heart. Say, Dear God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 